This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. We are joined by a very special guest today to talk all things Game of Gold. Uh, I hate to step all over your Twitter threads, Pads, but we appreciate you coming to the studio to do it here live. Welcome. It's good to be here. Good to be here, yeah. What, uh, what brings you to Vegas? I mean, I know the answer, but... Um, well, <laughs> I thought it'd be good weather, but it's actually surprisingly cold. It's shit here in the winter. Yeah, yeah. December, uh, January, February is kind of... Well, February starts to get warm again, but... December and January is like the worst months. I think a lot of people in Europe are contemplating go to Prague or go to Vegas and say, like, oh, well, Ve- Vegas will be nice weather. But really, like, yeah. if you have bad weather, you may as well have like Christmas markets and snow and like romantic kind of weather. But mm-hmm. Vegas is just kind of like weird. It's just well, romantic kind air. of weather. You, you taking a little mamacita to Prague? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> There's lots of mamacitas in Prague as well. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I, I see. Okay. I see where you're going with this. There's lots of pros together. Uh, th- was it actually? <laughs> Hold on a second. You might need to clarify. Go, go on. No, no. Lots of good reasons to go. Right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> leave it to Guapo. Uh, was it actually a strong consideration between Prague and here? Uh, I mean, as far as I would have guessed, I would think Prague would rank third as far as the majors. Most people in Europe are going to Prague first and then come into Vegas after. Okay, so but they're going to try to hit both. They're not going to do the prelims here. They're just going to play, right. to come for the main, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that seems like the best thing to do because Prague has a lot of like good 10Ks and stuff like this. So you play like two or three 10Ks, the 5K main, and then you'd fly to Vegas for the year. Because right now it's like 600s and yeah 1k or something five yeah there's some big guarantees i guess there's like a 1k 5 million uh that's the prime championship yeah there's a 1650 mm-hmm. mystery bounty that's like a what 1 million or 2 million three maybe three million who knows yeah. man they're just slapping fucking there's just slapping millions of it, dollars I, guarantees on everything i gotta say i love to see the two biggest tours that we have just go at each other's throats and see who can smash the bigger guarantee on things mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's a little bit uh misleading because a lot of the wsop guarantees are like really big buy and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah it's nice that i don't know if you saw there's like an email circulating where uh wsop is offering a free roll into the 1650 mystery bounty at the bahamas for like all seven star really yeah so there's just like really fucking trying hard to get people out there it's good yeah. for the game though <clears throat> it's great yeah it's great I, I mean i think like you know tournament poker you have to be loving this. Like live tournament poker is certainly flourishing. Yeah, WPD also like give away so much in satellites and over. Like there's just free money going everywhere. Yeah, you've been there. Uh, what for three days now? Two days in Vegas. Well, the wind specifically. Oh, the but wind. Yeah. Um, yeah, like three or four days. What's uh, what's the atmosphere? Because to me, it's too early. <clears throat> we were like started to talk about it yesterday. And I was like, no one cares yet. Like next week. Yeah, I was in Bellagio first, and it was just like a graveyard. It was so quiet. There was no atmosphere at all. Um, Welcome to the office. Everyone was, <laughs> everyone was just, seemed like just everyone was grinding but miserable. Then I went to win. That's and, how Berkey likes it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Christmas, baby. <laughs> but the win has like mm. a, I'm not sure if it's always like this, but it has kind of a carnival atmosphere. Maybe because the people going around are going to like Encore or wherever. Or it's more of a vibey kind of place no no it's always like that because in the summer everybody's going to encore beach 
So at like 7 p.m., you'll just see Francis Anderson walking by with like a bottle of Dom, yeah. three <laughs> random girls that he found in the hall, yeah. asking what time late reg ends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I've, it, I've seen him there already this year too. So right. Shout out to him. So yeah, you get it. I mean, like Christmas time is no different here. Uh, it, it's I, I'm looking forward to like when we start to get into the thick of it because it, it's very hard for me personally to to pay attention start to finish mm-hmm. like and i don't know maybe you feel differently because you you like really grind mtts but how much do you give a shit about like these prelims when they're sub 1k uh you know the meetup game like don't get me wrong it's great for the growth of the game but it's hard for me to pay attention to personally you fucking bagged yesterday yeah i played yesterday <laughs> Yeah. Also, like Final I Table to Omaha Eight with Craig. Yeah. Who loves it more? Yeah, I, I don't really. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy it because I, I only play live once a year. So if I come out, if I play a six hundred, it's like playing someone else, like maybe a five k or something. Yeah. Because they're playing it all the time. But for right. me, I just come to Vegas once a year. This is the first time I've ever come twice. So to play a six hundred or a one k to me, it's like it just feels fun because I don't do it. You know. I'm, yeah. I play online all the time. That makes sense. And the atmosphere is obviously like a buzz of uh, lots of millions in the air. It's yeah. interesting though. I wonder how many of you there are where they just come to Vegas for the World Series, right? And then now they're coming to Vegas twice a year for the WPT, which mm-hmm. is, it just shows the growth of the WPT championship. For sure. I don't yeah. think I've ever played a WPT before. No? Ever, really? Never, no. Wow. Maybe I've played like a circuit event in england mm-hmm. or something like a 2k but you I weren't know. here last year for this no no i've never played wpt ever mm. what um, what got you here now 40 million yeah <laughs> that'll, year, that'll do it yeah i don't remember where i was last year i think didn't go anywhere wow yeah just hibernated played online can um, you uh can you make that mic alienate your face a little more it's like really stuff it in there oh sure yeah. they're alienate. Say, they're say, yeah. you beat me to the punch yeah they're saying they're saying you're a little low <laughs> okay <clears throat> um <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You're we, back. We got you now. Okay, cool. If you don't feel like you're being violated, it's not close enough. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So we're on the same page. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the big question, do you think that WPT is going to hit the 40 million? Yeah, I think they'll smash it. I think smash it. Smash what it. smash it means? Like 50? 50 plus, yeah. Wow. 50 plus. Oh. I guess I guess they're not confident about it though because they would then have done 50 because 50 sounds Right, 50 sounds rounded. Yeah. It's a yeah. freeze out yeah. though. It's a freeze out per flight. Yeah, but it's four entries. A lot a lot of people have four entries. It also because the satellites are so big, a lot of people will satellite in twice or three times. Yeah, I that's think. true too. And it's people I I bought my seat. I'm not sure I should say this. Um Go ahead. Are, are we live? I guess we are. <laughs> I, I mean, I bought my seat for 8k. Whoa! Discount market. Let's yeah. fucking go. really off of somebody who wants a satellite. Yeah, and I bought another one for like nine point four or something. So like, there's a yeah. I think there's a lot of t- people have a lot of tickets. I think people have yeah. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. Damn. What about WSOP? Do you think they'll hit their guarantee for the main? I think it's fifteen million for a five k. I've played on GG for many many years, and <laughs> whenever you think they're not going to hit a guarantee, they'll hit it somehow. People will show up. People will see the value. Like. They're good at marketing. They have lots of pros, whatever. They will, they will hit it somehow. I'm, yeah. so, like, I'm actually surprised that they're, uh, the, the satellites are transferable just because you would think they would want the satellite winners to play and not sell it to somebody who's already going to play anyways. Yeah. I've, I, Why do they care? Because that will help the, the guarantee. Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> um, what it just seems like a lot. You know, it is a lot. It means, <laughs> how, many, how many people yeah. do they need to hit the guarantee to play this? Four, like, four, four thousand. Four thousand if exactly. it's break free. Well, four thousand if no, oh, no, no four thousand yeah, right on the back because because it, yeah. it's it's ten thousand four hundred. So I'm guessing and the four hundred is the right, rate, right? right? You're right. Is yeah. there any more than four hundred? Maybe there is. Maybe it's I, like I, 
Maybe I an never extra know, couple like hundred to like staff fees, or something. They yeah, usually yeah. take like one percent additional. Yeah. There's always fees. But how many roughly people played the four, roughly four thousand? How many people played the WSOP main? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. So ten thousand uniques, and now they need maybe like fifteen hundred uniques. Only like fifteen percent of the main. It feels like doable to me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Think about it. How many point, people? Right? How many people played last year's? They got thirty-two million in the prize pool, or something along those lines. Were you, were you saying that the average person that plays it will buy in three times? Well, I think many people no, will buy in no. four. Well, no, but he said fifteen hundred uniques. Uh, yeah, I understand. So that would be. You'll get many people who buy in four times. You get many people yeah. who satellite in for once, and then you'll right. have some people who will maybe win another satellite or right, take a right. shot again or sell yeah, some yeah. action. Yeah. When you've been in for one bullet, you usually you find a way somehow to be in for the next one because mm -hmm. you have the FOMO, right? So. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to play uh, the last flight so I don't have to think about that. It, it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The question is, which is the best flight to play? It has right? to be last mm -hmm. one. It has to be the last one. It's almost always. Almost always. Almost last. almost always the last flight is usually, you know. The best players make it through, and it's the biggest. Which when it's the but biggest, but all the Sven's will be here. Oh, because that flight coming. out of the Bahamas, you oh, know, uh, it'll it'll get Sven here just in time you know for bring, bring for day Sven four. on. Bring him on. <laughs> have you met Sven? I I, I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I don't play so much live poker. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a couple of them floating around there. Maybe one even called Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lewis is a nice guy. I'll, I love Lewis. I'll not, I'll not I, beat him. I, I like I like to be able to poke fun of him because he can take it. Who's Lewis? Uh, this guy always wears a scarf. Louis, sure. Louis Spencer, he's... Uh, <laughs> Louis Spencer? Wait, what's his last name? No, it's Spencer. I said Spencer. Oh, Spencer. That's what you did there. That's good. Uh, plays high stakes, plays like high stakes cash, high stakes gotcha. MTTs, and he was the one who put the tweet up uh, saying like how high stakes cash is all gone private. Mm. Oh, oh right, And everybody right, right, just right. said if you weren't wearing a scarf, maybe you'd get a seat. That's right. Um, some truth. Some truth to that. Uh, speaking of high stakes cash... Mm. <laughs> a little bit of wailing around yesterday. Uh, <laughs> my man Santos showed up back in the building. By the way, like he's not—he's not the free ticket that people have been expecting him to be. As he's of been late. in the lab. Well, I'm not saying that he's a high stakes crusher by any stretch of the imagination, but he's—he's he's changed some things. He seems to be getting after it a little bit more, and he's been putting up some big numbers. I think he won a half a million two days ago on Hustler, mm. uh, and he might have been one of the bigger winners again yesterday. Martin Cabral was on there uh, doing Martin Cabral things. Oh, my Jeez. God. That hand with Andy. I mean, Andy didn't stand a fucking chance. That was just fucking epic. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance. Andy uh, went, for the, went for the river bluff with Jack-9 on Ace-King-Queen-X-X, I think. It was King-Queen-X-X-Ace, I think. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. And, uh, and Martin had the King Jack and said, not only do I not believe you, but just in case you have yeah, me beaten, shoved. I'm all That's... in for a click. <laughs> it was so wow. weird. So based. And it, it was uh, so strange. Yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. It was almost, no, I'm not going to go there. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm not, oh, no. I'm not, no, no, not going to no, do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this because I don't believe it to be true. <laughs> go on, Pat. Oh, if he was, if he somehow did know the guy's hand, Bail it does make out. sense <laughs> to jam because you have a free will. Maybe he misreads his hand Correct. and calls you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he has jack nine. You should, right. you should always shove the river. Yeah. yeah. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, he thinks he has call. jack 10. Yeah. Wait, wait a fucking bail me out, Pads. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, the show ended up getting cut a little bit short uh, at the dismay of friend of the show, Rampage. What, what's Rampage doing? How rich is this kid? He's sitting a million deep playing heads up 1K or 501K versus jungle. I mean, <laughs> I... Did they, uh, did they both have a million or just uh, Jungle was jungle buried. Jungle had like 200k. Yeah, Jungle was buried and had like 200k. Listen, man, okay. the guy's fearless. 
All right? uh, he doesn't give a fuck. He just fires high rollers, wins them. You know, he just grabs a million dollars, says, I'll play whoever. He just so doesn't rich. care. He's either rich or just doesn't care. Both Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah. Youthful exuberance, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish I had. I'm so glad I didn't have that kind of money when I was that age. You wouldn't, Could have, you imagine? It. You wouldn't have had it long. Could you imagine if I had a couple million at like 25 when Rail Heaven was just like going off daily? Man. You would, I would have been, you'd have been right in there. I would either be the richest person in poker mm -hmm. right now, or I would have made some people the richest people in poker. Mm -hmm. I could have been Victor Blum. Yeah. Just 10 tabling dirt, getting my head kicked in, <laughs> you know, it's like, so it, it could have been one of those things where like, you know, you start at five ten, mm -hmm. and you just get buried enough where the next thing you know, you're playing 501 K with Ivy Antonius mm -hmm. dirt, you know, and you're it's just like, to get it back. Hey, this is the only way I can get e even. <laughs> <laughs> He's still blind a few times. Um, but yeah, so the game ended up breaking down uh, in a bit of a dramatic way. Yeah. Airball uh, kind of gave the wink, wink, and a nod to Santosh and said, hey, got a better game down the street. Uh, why don't we get on up out of here? And, you know, Airball being the most sought after whale in all of high stakes right now, uh, I trust that the game they were going to was probably fucking juicy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of obviously like really good action when you start to get into the the upper echelons of nosebleeds like the 501k games the 1k 2k games uh these big plo games things like that and basically anywhere that i think airball would be willing to take santosh is probably one of the best games in america right now maybe the world um <laughs> so those two leave martin racks up and now suddenly everybody else on stream doesn't think they're winning in spite of the fact that the three people remaining are Rampage, Andy, who's stuck a half a million, and Jungle, who's stuck like 400k. Uh, so they're, they're all stuck, yeah. It's they're three-handed now, and Andy's frustrations just totally boiled over. He couldn't take it anymore, uh, and he expelled the demons on air prior to getting muted. Bye, Ray. Good fucking game. See you, Ray. Good job tonight. Jokes, Raymond. Fucking joke, man. This is my life, though, by the way. Just like the politics of this shit. Like, you should be smart and do what you do. Just play tournaments, you know? <laughs> no. So bad, dude. Bro, don't even think about tournaments. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, like you know, you don't deal with this shit, you know? Like, this is the grimiest shit ever. Fucking just halfway, like, Nick just takes him to another private game and shit. Yeah. So grimy, dude. Once you think Andy wants us to talk over this, maybe? I, I, no, I mean, I think it's okay. It's a little bit of insight into, you know, the cash game player and the private game world, and especially playing high stakes. It's tough. No, but he's such a gentleman. He is. He's such a gentleman. He might. I don't know. Whatever you I don't think. I'm too pissed off right now. Fair enough. He's just pissed off. He's human. <laughs> you mentioned this right. earlier, and I think it's great. We'll see. It. We'll see. It. We'll see, it. We'll see it. Look, I've, I've been there. I, I can speak to this. Uh, it's the worst feeling on earth. Usually whenever it happens to me, it's uh, a scenario not where somebody gets escorted off to a better mm -hmm. game. It's just that the guy that the game is built around has a dinner reservation. You know, he's up 50K and time's the ticking. Mm -hmm. Like, let me get some racks. And he doesn't sound like a man who's won game of gold. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, we, we could talk about that. In a, in a minute um but yeah like obviously like when you're buried here you're super frustrated and the fact that this happened because a player in the game kind of forced it to happen is uh especially aggravating so this led to andy then going to the hcl chat and basically saying <laughs> yeah. if he's so uh, mad he wants to talk to the people 
it's really funny how much these characters interact with the chat. <laughs> it's like you're playing the game, man. Right. So he said, if a player is allowed to bring a player out of the game midstream to a private game again, I'm done with HCL. Basically, like putting his foot in the ground. <laughs> yeah. And Vertucci told him to go fuck himself. Uh, he said, what's, uh, what's wild is you airing shit out in chat, not professional or smart. And I think what we're seeing is this bubbling over, which... You know, this isn't the first time. Obviously, it happened with Garrett uh, a year ago, uh, and it'll continue to happen where I think that there is a very unclear line between who holds all of the leverage in the high-stakes live stream and the high-stakes community, right? So I think from the perspective of like what's being said publicly, guys like Andy and Garrett and Mariano and Rampage, they believe themselves to be the draw airball you know they they believe themselves to be the draw and they're very likely to be right where nick's stance is uh we put this game on for you you wouldn't have anywhere to play if it wasn't for us shut the fuck up or you're never getting a seat again kind of thing like we Mm -hmm. did you a favor even letting you in yeah i think that both are right to some degree uh what what do you make of all this as a casual spectator pads I have close to zero interest, uh, to be honest. <laughs> it's uh, fair. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't watch close it. to zero. It's we have some. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I like to watch the five biggest hands of every um, of every stream. Basically, I go to the. Uh, I if they have lots of views and it's like high up on my YouTube algorithm, I'll click it on and I'll go through the uh, the timestamps and yeah, look yeah. for like the biggest size pots and I'll yeah. watch them. Or if there's a Twitter thread with like from Hustler, I watch them. In terms of politics, it just seems it's like. I'm not interested in it at all kind of thing. It's uh, not, yeah. Well, I guess, uh, let me reframe the question because from my perspective, the way that I've seen the last year play out post Garrett is that the inmates have kind of ran the asylum where at first it was Krish who was kind of dictating lineups and whenever, uh, you know, he wasn't getting his way or for whatever other reasons, he disappeared from the scene. Mm-hmm. Then it was blank check Ben. I'm not playing with this guy, that guy or the other. Uh, then he disappeared. Then it became Airball, and Airball went from being the guy that was getting shut out because he's quote-unquote too good to now suddenly being like one of the biggest whales in all of high stakes, and now he's being uh, very much coveted by a lot of other game runners. They're escorting him away, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So the big question then becomes, if you're a hustler, can you actually sustain this model moving forward if you're reliant upon the people who are losing in the game to prop it up? And I think like that's... I guess that's where my question comes from is like, how interesting is this? Like, are we actually seeing the decline here? I think there's just so many people who, with so much money who lose at poker, who want to be in the spotlight that there'll always just be new characters come around. Like Nick Airball came from nowhere basically, oh, yeah. right? And there'll just be another Nick Airball who yeah. wants to be on, on the TV, I think. I think interesting thing for me is why Santosh left. Like I can see why Airball wanted to go to a better game. But like Santosh for me feels like he plays the Tritons and he's live streamed and TV'd cash games because he likes poker and like being on the TV and the sh- bright lights. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to me that if, if he committed to playing this game, why he left, you know? I can see why Nick Ebel wanted to leave and play against whoever in whatever, Beverly Hills or whatever, but I don't see why... It's kind of interesting to me that he has such a big pull on Santosh. He can be like, hey, let's go, and Santosh goes. Do to you me, think- I feel like Santosh would, would have been there to battle. Do you, you know? think perhaps Santosh is uh, bum-hunting Nick? <laughs> Stop. Stop. I'm, just i'll just go where you go i mean <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not saying it's not a thing not right um well, that, what he it, has to be he has, he has to have gone because he thinks it's a 
he's chasing the the money rather than yeah. the fame or well not the fame but you know like yeah, yeah, the spotlight the spotlight yeah, which is right. what i always assumed he played yeah. poker kind of for so for me for him to leave is like the most interesting thing out of it all yeah well yeah. Berkey did say that you know this is maybe one of the best games in america maybe just he just you know, couldn't pass up on the opportunity. And it could be PLO. Like, I know he plays a lot of PLO, so he might actually prefer that format. Uh, he's pretty friendly with, like, Airball, Charles, that that little collective that kind of does prop up the Hustler lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so, yeah, it's just, like, man. kind of conflicting interest, I guess. It really is interesting mm-hmm. to see, like, uh, a stream game break like a normal private game would. It's, you know, it's like, tough, man. Like, I'm surprised they don't have a protocol for this. Like, the last thing that I would ever want to do if I ran live streams, and Bally's is guilty of having had this happen a bunch, is let the game break on air. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, somehow find a way. Especially at the hands of the quote-unquote star or the, the game. Right. Like, right? Like, the n- people want to see Nick Airball. Yeah, obviously. like, you would think He's, that you would communicate right. some sort of, like, protocol where it's like, hey, I, I don't want you to do this, but, like, if you're going to do this in the future, like, you have to give me a 45-minute heads up so I can cut the stream. So now you're scrambling. Right, right. And now you're just left with Ethan playing jungle heads <laughs> up. Such a like bad the, look. They're, they're basically asking him, like, will you play 30 more minutes so we can end this fucking stream? Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like... Like, no, Ethan, I don't want to do that. Ethan's probably played like zero heads up cash, seriously, like mm-hmm. like uh, uh, versus a studied person. The only time I ever know is like he'll, he'll play Mike sometimes on right. like an app, right? Just fuck around. Yeah, okay, so maybe he's like trying, but like yeah. jungle, this is his forte. Yeah, you know, he's played I, a lot of heads up. I mean, yeah, I guess to be fair, uh, Ethan did just play Doug. Um, now, but that's what this is all for, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the final it, boss jungle. Yeah, the <laughs> live stream for the last thirty minutes. It was all to prep him for jungle. Right? Uh, uh, well, that thirty minutes did go well. He could Ethan, see the future. <laughs> that thirty minutes did not go well. Ethan ended up having the biggest loss of his career. Uh, I think he ended up losing somewhere around three hundred fifteen k. F in the chat for our boy. It's it's brutal, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's got to be tough for him too because he's selling publicly for these games, uh, not just this one, but also the WPT cash game. Yeah, it really sucks up. when you lose on stream for the people. When you sell to the people, it's like, man, I let everybody down. I mean, it sounds like a large number, it's, but he, he bought in for a million until he lost like a third of what he sat with, right? It's not like he lost, you know, like he kept reloading a million, a million, a million. Right. Like, the <laughs> thing is, the game was only... Stakes-wise, though. Well, it, it kept changing, right? It was 200 or 400 to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it did. So it's like, <laughs> how do we measure this? He either lost three buy-ins at 501k or he got absolutely, you know, obliterated. Well, then he played jungle 501k, 1k heads up. Yeah, which yeah. is like relatively high variance. Yeah, know, yeah, like. for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. So I, I don't think it's like that big of a loss. Of course it is like money-wise, but I don't right. think he like... Like buy-in-wise, this is like the theory infinite roll kind of thing, right? Yeah. In an infinite roll, you have infinite millions of dollars, you didn't lose anything. But if he bought in for say, he has a six million roll from State Kings, or is this... I have no I idea. I think that's what the plan was. I'm not positive he went... Well, so it's like now he has 5.7. Yeah. I mean, it's not that... It doesn't feel right. like it's that big of a blow. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. If you have six million, it's because you're expecting to go on maybe like... Two million, three million dollar swings, right? So if this is as brutal as it would get, then it, it should be Not fine bad. for him yeah. almost. This I feel is, like it, yeah. it could get a lot worse. It, yeah, it could get really well. It also just gets really nasty with like your own personal perception of money, right? You yep. lose three hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, oh, like just to know this is a casual Thursday with the boys at Hustler. And I've been then, there. You I got, was going to say, kinda, like Berkey? I mean, you yeah. kind of just like have for to sure. view it that way. And you're mm-hmm. like, this is like a house. Like you lost a house. 
Yeah, when you start thinking in those terms, <laughs> it's, though, but it's I, just a tool. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Well, the tool to buy a house. Well, maybe <laughs> you don't. Maybe you don't think it's a house, but maybe your friends and family think it's a house. Like, oh my god, you lost three hundred k last right. night. Like, are you okay? Like, yeah, how's like, your brain? And then you have to explain it to them. Maybe I think <laughs> that, that's the most annoying part. <laughs> I think people when they lose in poker, often the the worst thing is they don't want to lose because they're scared of how other people are going to react to their losses, especially when it's so public and it's going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh man, like I like why would I ever do this because I saw him lose this much money? Where yeah. it's like, it I think it's. Even, uh, it's also like the way that it happened, right? I think he was only stuck maybe 100, 125 prior to the heads up slash three row with Andy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, is this really a spot that we want to be, you know, pressing an edge for 30 minutes? Like you already know that you're not going to play very many hands. You already know it's pretty high variance and these guys are not giving much up at that point. But it's kudos to him for sticking around. You're probably going to get invites to future games because it shows he's, he's, true. he's not leaving when Nick and Santosh leaves. You that's know? True. I think that's a good thing. Good so what you're there. saying is Rampage equals New Garrett. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there'll ever be a new Garrett, but uh, there needs to be someone. That's kind of the yeah. thing, right? Like the whole like Rampage Mariano kind of playing more high stakes stuff, like kind of taking that spot. Not like as new Garrett, but like as the new staple. Well, it's more it, relative, right? Like yeah. I, like most people who play in the win can't be Garrett. They'll never be Garrett because right. Garrett came up. He's like just a different breed. But I think Rampage and Mariano, they represent the grinders in the win, Bellagio, wherever the casinos in, in LA and like, oh I could maybe do that too it like makes the grind potentially possible you know online kind of died because there was no one coming up anymore who were uh, grinded like Linus you know that never happened anymore there was no big people coming through so there was less people to look up to so less people wanted to grind because there was no like end goal I, I think that's a good point like I do think that Mariano and Rampage very much represent the everyman especially like the way that Rampage uh, kind of branded himself his first couple years where it's He's like playing one three two years I ago. I have no idea what I'm doing. I just luck box my way into a bracelet, and then like a year later, he's playing high rollers. Man, you know? it's really crazy. Honestly, I kind of want to do that. I want to look back at like an old Ethan vlog. Yeah, go back to like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's playing like one three at like Boston billiards, or yeah. whatever it is. It's quite quite the come up. And uh, now here he is, like ah, oh, like I'm on Stake Kings playing 501 k heads up against Jungle <laughs> to keep the stream going. Whereas Garrett was always the end boss of whatever he played, heads yeah. singles, cash, whatever. You right. Know? So like. You saw Garrett, he was like, oh, I could never be him. You know, he's just a different breed. But Rampage, I think many people are like, oh, like, maybe I can do it too, you know? You, uh, you know, not everyone might want to be Garrett, to be quite honest. Uh, as this game was breaking, Vertucci uh, was trying to fill some seats. So he went to the chat and he said, hey, Ryan, call Garrett to come fill in. I hear his new appearance <laughs> fee is 30000 a show. And then out of the blue, he just goes, G-Man's on Grinder. Go ahead and ping him. So <laughs> man just has shots getting fired at him yeah. uh, left and right. Can't just, you know, live in peace now that he's out of the scene. Why can't we all just get along? I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's never going to end, man. The, the, war, the war has begun. The shots have been fired. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting. The, they're running a 24-hour stream today. So a lot of those same characters have committed to come back. It looks like uh, Alex Ke- or, sorry, Alan Keating is headlining the show. Charles, Airball, Santosh. Uh, they're all committed to start at 30 minutes from now, 1 p.m., and they're going to play until 1 p.m. tomorrow. Wow. I don't know how you go from a game breaking hours prior to it's supposed to yesterday to suddenly having enough people to fulfill a high-stakes lineup throughout 24 hours. 
But I'll be interested to tune in at like 4 a.m. See if they're still there. Well, because the stakes are going to be tripled at what that point. What if Nick leaves after like three hours? That would be kind of funny, <laughs> actually. But like, you know, 4 a.m., the stakes are going to be tripled. Three guys are going to be absolutely buried to so the gills. So they're raising the stakes as the hours no, go on? No, it's just the way. Oh. If just, you're running a 24-hour cash game, unless the entire lineup turns over. Correct, right. I mean, they're going to be playing like 2K, 4K by yeah, the time yeah. 4 a.m. rolls around. Yeah. Somebody's bankroll is going to be on the table. Another person is going to be buried enough that they're going to want to just, you know, jump. And you're going to have to power through another nine or 10 hours of this. Like, I've played some 24 hour sessions. It's only the people who are stuck at the end. Where are they starting at? Uh, 2 4? I think 2 4. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know because it's Keating. So, like, you know, how much. How much did the the mystery man bring with him this time? You know, he he could be in for three or four million by the time 6 a.m. rolls around. It'll be. I'm I'm curious to just you know open it up when I wake up in the morning yeah. and uh, see where the see hell what, we're at. See what's popping. Yeah, what's popping? <laughs> Who's buried seven figures? Um, I do think it's a good idea though, especially at those high stakes. Uh, people will forget the cameras are on at some point throughout 24 hours, and we, we should get some gold out of that. And speaking of gold, see what I did there? Uh, didn't have to point it out. It was too good. <laughs> I thought it was actually really bad. That's the why segue I pointed it out. Speaking of, like, no, is that, is that a good segue? No, that's why. That's why I pointed it out. It ruins it when you, you point out the segue. Um, we had. Well, was it a, was it a big episode of Game of Gold today? Pat, give us your notes. Uh, you, you know, I didn't make any. I, <laughs> give, give us your mental notes here. People have been I clamoring. Think, I don't think it was a big episode, really. I thought there was like. Um, it was the Nikita episode, I think. A lot of people didn't really give her credit. It was like the first episodes are Nikita can never bluff. She's so tight. She folds ace queen. She folds this. She folds that. And I think one of the first hands, Dave, uh, David Williams bluffs, uh, and she instantly folds the queen. Yeah. And we're like, oh my god, is it going to be like this again? Kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, we went to diamond. Yeah. I, I almost got the notes out. Um, <laughs> and then and then she just turned into like rambo yeah <laughs> she but i don't think we saw her like discussing this with the team you know like may, you may have like a plan like oh i'm gonna go in here and just bluff him every hand i think she actually discussed with robin like oh like we shouldn't bluff him or robin was like don't bluff him don't bluff him but she was like no no i'm i'm gonna like i need to do this i need to save the team now i need to go for it i thought mm -hmm. her approach to david is perfect so i don't know how much of this was conscientious but i would imagine that whether she discussed it with everybody else or not um, she had an overall game plan going in that was actually sort of similar to Robin's, but much more refined. So I think Robin's perspective of having watched, watched David play is that he's just too wide, pretty much in all spots, and maybe plays a little bit too passively. So he's a station. And you're just going to be able to value him to death, but you're also going to be able to run him over quite a bit because he's going to land in too many nodes with too many hands, and you know how that goes. Um, but what I think they forget is when you're playing these like turbo-y type sit-and-goes, the SBRs get short pretty fast. And uh, people who are too wide that are facing like half pot just overcall. Like they, they don't overfold by any stretch of the imagination. They're getting such a good price. So if you're bluffing close to equilibrium, or, you know, in Robin's case, probably over bluffing a lot of these spots, you're just getting looked up a ton and you're bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. So I think that that was why the, the notion of like, oh, we just shouldn't bluff David. We should be patient, wait to have it. And then he'll just pay off like a slot machine. What Nikita did, I thought was the refinement to that approach, which is I can't get him to fold for a single bet because it doesn't apply enough pressure unless I'm like massively overbetting. So what I'm going to do is play a little bit more passively and more conservatively in some spots and see if he will put himself in harm's way by betting too widely. And that's exactly what happened mm -hmm. in all of those spots where she ran the big bluffs, 
right? She had a give up or uh, he took a weird lead line with a king on a four flush. And because of that, she absolutely capitalized on those mistakes, taking hands that, you know, probably don't play this way in theory, but are absolutely massively exploiting David's tendencies. And as a man, you know, who plays a little bit like David a little too often, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, you got to bluff for the all insides. <laughs> you have to make it hurt when yeah. they call. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you see how fast he was like windmill folding, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the Jack eight's a prime example of it. Yeah. Like, he felt like he had a very clear value bet there. He goes for it. She checked jams, and there wasn't even a thought process of, like, what are her candidates here? It was literally just like, well, this, never yeah. bluff. Was that the one where she bet, like, a third on the turn? She, like, bet really small. Like, I don't know if she's trying to, she, keep, trying to keep his range wide Well, she or checked called flop, and then she donked the turn on the seven. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then she checked jams. Interesting she doesn't... Um, just bluff the river. That's what I, that's what I would have done. I and was telling Matt this. Like, I think I would bluff with like five six on the end. Or why, something. They were all saying, "Oh, well, she can't have six, eight four. six now." I was like, "Why can't she have eight six? You can have a straight if she wants." Oh, Robin, she she could definitely have eight yeah, six. Yeah, Robin. She was, could also just have diamonds. Robin said, "Oh, we can't bluff now because we don't have eight six. So some, there's some comment like that to me. Well, Wait, can, we go, can we go back to the? Blue oh, I thought they said, "I sure. wish she she had eight, eight six. I, I think she said she said. doesn't have. She can't have. I think you're both right. Uh, okay. I do remember him making a comment of like, we can't bluff this because we don't have eight six or something. It seems like that. a great card to bluff the fall. Like a lot of our like four six now got there. We wouldn't bluff. Right. He can just have ace king ace queen. Whatever. I think I'd want to use yeah like six of diamonds uh, six of diamonds four. It's a nice one. Uh, six diamonds six diamonds five. falls a pair. We win. Yeah, I mean, David's gonna have all like he's so mm. sticky with the ace highs. Like throughout, he's always been just like calling down these ace highs, king highs. I just wonder how much you want to bet like jam with like no board interaction. Why are you trying to make fold with a fall? David's not if, if you go like bet on the river he's not gonna fold Jack right. the only way the only way he can get out of this if, if you somehow check he somehow reopens the action for a third pot and then you somehow jam mm -hmm. well, yeah. it's the only way to win the hand and she somehow found it which is like right. incredible yeah right I'm just thinking I don't know if, like if you want to check jam with the pair because when you do when you do bet like you might not have that much uh like your hand might function well as a mixed call mixed bluff versus sure. like bluff no pair Sure. Uh, like results wise, yeah, like it, it worked out that way to check jam, but I, I think I would have been on your side and like just would have bet river myself. Like, what would you bluff if not nine six with a diamond? Right. Probably like, like a rivered pair. No, I mean like as the as the starting the action on the river. Like she 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 checkles flop leads turn and then she she has action on the river. Like He's what, saying like what what else would you follow through you, with? What else would you follow Besides through like with? six nine with the diamond. Yeah. yeah. Well, hand, hands like it. If you go back back to the board, go back to the board. Point is, is that this uh, is like a prime. Ten, nine, right? This is eight, just nine. like a prime candidate to, yeah, but, to like, bluff. This nine, is a great one. Yeah, this is a good one. Right? Having a six feels great. Like he can have mm -hmm. all the you block eight six, which is like really important. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I just don't think I would have found the check jam line. Me neither. I'm saying it's amazing that she somehow right, found and, and, and that's what I'm saying is I think that like she found it because of what they kind of understood about David. Like he just doesn't fold ace high here the appropriate amount of times. So now, rather than having a bluff with a hand that naturally bluffs, we just give up. And then when he makes the mistake of reopening the action, we have a viable bluff. You think, you think theory mm -hmm. check bluffs this one or exploit? No, it, okay. it, I think it's, I'm, I'm saying, I think it's a clear exploit. I'm saying, I think Robin would just fire the bluff here and get called. 
I think the biggest exploit is the multi-sizing, like hat, like sizing the hand. All the time in the back room, you hear like Josh and David who are more from like the live background saying, yep. oh no, go a little bit bigger, be a bit more greedy, be yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah, greedy. Yeah. And I can imagine if Andy was playing this hand and David Williams was in the back room and Andy had, let's say a seven or a flush and Andy was going to bet 150, David would, would be in the back room being, no, no, bet 400, bet right. 500, bet right, bigger, right. right? So like now when David bets 150 on the river, probably he's going to have one of these like weak jack x yep. maybe like pocket tens or something like this hand play so if she sometimes when you check it's better to go for these check shoves when they're very likely going to size a bigger hand yeah yeah she's yeah. often going to play value her way quite straightforward so he's not expecting her to like play Correct. check shoves or anything he's not trying to induce he just very often has the hand he's basically saying he has so i think the biggest exploit in reed i think she got was into his river sizing yeah i think, I think that's, that's really a nice. sophisticated way of of uh elaborating on what i was saying is think, she was done with the hand she yeah, was so just saying, giving you up think that she was done and then she was just giving up and, and he, he reopened the opportunity he gave her an opportunity yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and his play is like really good against you know the people who he will play against all the time right like this is this is like the way you should play. This is how you make the most money. But if you're playing against like really smart players like Nikita or whoever else who can read into it and aren't afraid to pull the trigger, then it's very, very dangerous to do this kind of thing. Yeah, I was really happy for her. I thought this was like very much a, a hero's tale. Um, she played incredibly well from everything I could tell. Also, it was nice to see Robin play like pretty well. It's frustrating, obviously, that like, you know, the, the, the highlights or lowlights of the of the match. We're just him endlessly bluffing for half pot into David <laughs> never, and David just like never, LOL calling yeah. <laughs> because like what's a half pot bet, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Uh, and, and yeah, that just truly isn't the way to beat somebody who's a station, like somebody who's way too sticky that finds their way uh, to navigate to river with like hands that theoretically shouldn't be there. You, you kind of have to punish in a different, more creative manner. And I, I think that's what Nikita picked up on. I can't believe the episode didn't end today. How are we still in the heads up round? We have two episodes left, guys. I know. What, what's the plan? <laughs> yeah, how is this going to happen? Well, there's theories out there. There are some theories. Barry Carter's out there cooking on Twitter. He said... <laughs> he's cooking. He, what's he cooking? What's he cooking? He said, Game he's of Gold is supposed up. to end in three episodes. That was prior to today's. Which doesn't seem anywhere near enough screen time. It conveniently ends just as WSOP Paradise begins. I'm giving it a 20% chance that the final table hasn't happened yet and will conclude live in the Bahamas. And I have to tell you, I was all in on this theory. This sounds, yeah, it sounds I walked sharp. in the door, I was all in on the theory. I was like, this is so smart. This makes sense. All of these guys are announcing that they're going to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Like, there, there's a reason why we don't have any spoilers for the winner because it hasn't fucking happened yet. Like, <laughs> of course. This but. just makes so much sense. But now that I think about it, Yo <laughs> is in Vegas. Jungle Man's in L.A., these guys aren't going to the Bahamas. Charlie's in Bali. Charlie's in Bali. Uh, Charlie's in Bali. Um, <laughs> we haven't heard from Fedor. Uh, I think I could be wrong, but I think Maria's here for the WPT. Like, I'm pretty sure she has some interaction going on with like the ladies' event and all that other stuff. I don't know, man. Where's Kaina? Where is Kaina? Kaina's going to the Bahamas. Bahamas. Is she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Arya's in the Bahamas. DW is in the Bahamas. We have final three. Maria's in the Bahamas. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying here. Maybe it's not a six max. 
Maybe. Or maybe they start it, and then and then when they get down to three... No, no, no. It, it has to be more than three, right? Because we already know that Fedor... Oh, but we only know it goes to round four. Maybe, right. maybe it comes more brutal. Like, we've been asking for more kind of, like, TV drama stuff. Maybe yeah. there's just, like, fucking four eliminations next episode. Like, you're out, you know? Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, maybe there's... But how? Just, how may, are they out? Maybe like they have, Squid Game when they go down from nine to six. Yeah, maybe you should... Nine to three. Maybe there's just some, like, elimination thing where, yeah. like, people have to write down who they, who they want to get out, and the majority goes or something like yeah. this. I don't know. The, it feels like there has to be some kind of big twist. Right now, it's just like so much heads up matches, kind of slow, not much going on. They're going to finish in two episodes and need to get nine to well, 12 for guys what out. It's worth, for what it's worth, this last episode of like the Nikita versus Andy is the last heads up match we need to see. I hope so. And if, then, if Andy wins. No, it's over. Nikita's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So this is Sorry. the last one, which means by default, the next episode will be the three versus three challenge. We don't know if the team is going to be the same or not. But then we can see if it's possible for that episode to be done in like the next episode. How can they do that in one episode though? Like, I don't know. Just don't show poker. Yeah, these trivial heads up matches are stretching out. Like you have such an important like semifinal. And honestly, that you know, I've 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 done enough with uh with like production to know that that was a choice. That was an editor's choice to stretch that out. Apparently, right? there was some difference in editing as the way that it came across, like the D.W. Charlie speech. Yeah, 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 I get that. That's always going to happen with reality TV. Basically, DW was saying that there was a long conversation prior to what you saw where they were heated, and it all took place prior to the flip, and basically Charlie got his way to flip, uh, which is a great segue. We'll talk about that, but I, I want to stick a pin in it for one second because I want to I want to kind of end this conversation. Uh, we've been talking about it as though round four is the final round, but it might not be. Maybe no. Monday could be <laughs> round three where we get down to a final six or a final eight, like whatever they choose. And then they could reconvene Wednesday and play down to like three or two or where's, four. Mm -hmm. or right? Yeah, where's Josh Arier going? Right. Bahamas. He's going to the Bahamas. Is he? He's in the chat also. He's mm. saying, Is he? he's saying the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, Josh? What do you yeah. know, Josh? <laughs> what, <do> you know? <laughs> what is happening after Wednesday? We need to he's know what's happening us. after Wednesday. No, he's not going to Get him on the podcast. <laughs> they got an NDA. Oh, I did ask him to come on the podcast, and he said, maybe after the Bahamas. Oh! <laughs> what did, is happening in the Bahamas? He did say maybe after the Bahamas. Yeah. I, think about it. <laughs> I was really surprised he was going to the Bahamas. I was like, yeah, One other like, thing they promised, I mean, maybe this was a troll, but I'm sure they, they promised Indian poker too, which is when you put like a card on your head. And we've not seen any Indian poker. They actually promised that? Or they, actually, they mentioned it? Yeah, it was, in like, it was in the intro. It's like 12 episodes and Indian poker. And I've not seen any Indian poker. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's Indian poker in the Bahamas in the pool or something. I don't know. But. Peds, this is 2023, okay? It's blind man's bluff. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's clean it up a little bit. All right. This is how they label it. Don't, don't, don't shoot me. No, that's fair. I, I, grew, up, <laughs> I grew up knowing it's Indian poker as well. The question is, who would have the biggest advantage in blind man's bluff? <laughs> that is, strong question. I feel I feel like Josh would do pretty well in it. I feel like David would mm -hmm. do pretty well too. I think Blind Man's Bluff is probably still inappropriate as well. <laughs> you can't get it around any of this, don't, man. Don't, you just can't. Don't dig in too deep. Yeah, how can you see? If you're blind. You can't see. Don't dig in too deep. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit. I, I want to get your opinion on a few things because uh, there were some points. We, we've talked a lot about your threads, obviously. Uh, and there were a lot of points I agreed with and some that I didn't necessarily agree with. Let's talk about the decision to go first or last as the quote-unquote best player in mm -hmm. 
the opening rounds when coins were the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You and Fedor kind of agreed that uh, the positioning didn't matter all that much, but last offered the most information. Do you do you still kind of see it that way? Last is best by far, I think. Yeah, for a few reasons. One, I feel like the um, like we saw David Williams on let's say episode six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the last sit and go, and he was just tilted. He was tired. He was mentally fatigued, and he just like kind of not gave it away with his fall, but just like was ready to get out of there. Whereas in this sit and go he played today, he was a lot more con- uh, like slower, like thinking about it, trying yep. to like really caring about the sit and go, trying to think about what the best thing to do, going off live reads. And I think um, the later you go on in the day, the less experienced you are, the more mistakes you're going to make from like, like Fido is used to playing, whether it be like long cash game sessions, wherever, or playing like Tritons, like final tables after being grinding for days or whatever. Um, so I think Charlie Fido would do very well in the match three versus let's say Olga or David or Robin in the third match where I think Robin, for example, would not give off as many live tells in round one. But mm. if he played the third game, he'd give off a lot more live tells because he's not thinking about it as much. Yeah. I think Olga's more likely to do something kind of random in game three, but in game one, maybe she plays more solid. Right. So I think that's like a huge thing. I think second, getting information of how people play. Like the most drastic thing is people play so passive off like 11 blinds, like they're not shoving enough or like they get into the river and like fold in like top pair or second pair when it's 10 big blinds deep. I think if Fido and Charlie can see that, they can then manipulate it a lot. We even hear Charlie saying, oh my God, Nikita folded 10-7 suited to a free bet, right? Now, if Charlie went third rather than first, he knows Nikita folds 10-7 suited to a free bet. He's going to free bet her every hand and he's going to dom- dominate her in that game, right? So like Charlie going first in this game probably cost the team, I think, because if he saw Nikita playing the style that she played and Charlie goes third, he beats Nikita for sure because he, one, will get live tells on her because he's really good at that and she gives off quite a bit. Two, he will see all the exploitative stuff he can take advantage of her for. I think that's, like, massive. I think it would give him such a bigger edge against her. So I I actually agree with all of that. Um, My only point of contention is that how much should the good player care about that in round one? Um, cause you're not eliminated if you take a suboptimal strategy to round one and your team gets eliminated. You just go to the loser's bracket. Yeah, I, I, I know. I think, but when you play these people who you don't really know, like David Williams said, he's never played with Nikita before. Right. You have not, you have no idea really what to expect. Um, I think if you can get some of these like super strong reads, like fold in 10, seven suited to a free bet is like such a big thing that if you yeah. go into the third match, you're really going to have such a bigger edge and you're going to win it way more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think going, I mean, the reason for going third was more for the team rather than the player. Right, 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 uh, right. Your ROI is definitely way bigger in the third game than the first, but obviously you win less coins on average. Um, also, I think uh, you saw Nikita and Robin had the charts in their room. And I think um, there's a lot of Instagram posts going around of them studying in the hotel in the morning before the sitting goes went, went on. And I think people memorize charts like, okay, 10 big blinds, what do I shove? 20 big blinds, what do I shove? So in game one, like one hour into the whole show, you're going to remember the charts because you've gone over it. But like 15 hours in, it's hard to remember the charts then. Yep. So they're going to make more mistakes. They're not going to be confident what to shove. So they're not going to shove on you because they don't want to look stupid on TV, whatever else it may be. I think it's just like such a big advantage to go third. Yeah, so I think we actually fully agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just prioritize the coins over that edge in the first round. But when it comes to the elimination round, I'm 100% on your side. Yeah. Uh, I thought Charlie's decision to like feign that it's equitable to flip uh, when they truly weren't even flipping. Like Andy was already anchored in at number three, so it was just David and Charlie flipping for the one and two spot. Um, I I thought that that was 
a very selfish decision and I wasn't really sure where it was coming from because even at that point, coin acquisition doesn't really matter all that much. The amount of EV you'll gain from an extra 30 coins, let's say, or I mean, it's obviously going to be even less. It's it's yeah. on average going to be like maybe 10. Uh, the amount of EV you'll gain at the finals with an extra 10 big blinds as opposed to being eliminated here seems like a no-brainer decision. Well, it's also, I think... Putting David in first is very strong reason because he's going to put people in nodes, which are kind of strange, right? right. He's going to like lead the turn min bet with the King Deuce. He's going to like uh, do all of these different kind of things. So if he plays against Nikita and puts her in all of these like uncomfortable nodes, she might make like massive mistakes against some of these nodes. And then Charlie can come in game two and be like, okay, let's fucking go, you know? And I feel like... Um, I feel well, like, he should take game three, though, right? Okay, okay, whichever. Game two, game three, whatever he chooses to do. I think Andy might be better game two than game three. I feel like he's playing... I feel like he buckles a little bit under the pressure, weirdly, because maybe he's used to always playing as an individual. But I feel like he like he, he missed a very obvious bluff with, like, was it seven, six with a spade yep. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he just... And in sit-and-go one, he folded top pair, like, a few times. Yep. For me, I think you don't want Andy to be in sit-and-go three because Agreed. it's going to be elimination. Like, whoever loses this goes out. And I know Andy plays like infinite stakes, whatever, but I feel like Charlie would be better prepared. But for the that. disciplines are so different. And I can speak to this prior to studying for the airball match. I'd never looked at a heads up chart, right? And sure, but you wouldn't have made any of the mistakes that Andy made. Uh, yes, but I'm a lot more <laughs> grounded in theory than Andy is. Andy's very much a freestyler and he's just the best at beating his environment, which is a skill set all in of itself. Josh bets 60% right? pot with a king and he goes, how could he bet that big if he doesn't have a queen? Right, because in his environment... <laughs> They just don't. Sure, mm -hmm. but like you said, the environment, Andy doesn't know this environment, so you should be Agreed. trying to put Andy wherever it's like has the least pressure because yep. he doesn't know the environment, whereas Charlie can kind of like understand the environment. He, yeah. He, he knows this kind of stuff very well. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I think it's like a no-brainer. Like your, your biggest strength as a team is having Charlie. Like he is your anchor. He's what keeps you from elimination. Uh, you absolutely need him in those elimination games. And yeah, that's not to to uh, take anything away from Andy or David. They're both very good in their own right. It's just what I was kind of speaking to with prior to studying to airball is getting thrust into a, a, a heads up sit and go turbo environment. Like I got invited to play the WPT 25K. I, I didn't even consider it for a second, right? Because like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with 15 or 20 big blinds in a turbo. And I don't want to take the time to study it. And the amount of mistakes that you can make at those shallow depths is shocking. It's a lot. I and mean, it's, it's really shocking. I, like, I was telling, I was telling like pre pre podcast. I'm like the amount of times people just don't jam ASX offsuit for ten big blinds. Is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they free, they try to free mm -hmm. bet call it wrong. Right. Than like yeah. ISO yeah. induce. Where it's like you're like limp trap ace jack for twelve. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, or like uh, <laughs> like the Jack-10 suited rip for 15. Or the Queen-Jack mm -hmm. suited rip, fucking button big blind. The, these are very easy mistakes to make. Yeah, they're like are. You know, you're kind of flipping a coin in your head when you just know like, oh, good hand does something other than, you know, well, just you, you check. Ex you extrapolate from MPTs, right? Like, yeah. Because there's always like extra players that you're trying to like fo force out the pot. Right, right, right. Maybe you jam like small blind versus button to make the big blind fold with Queen-Jack suited. Yeah. But when you're in a big blind, it's going to be different. Um but yeah, it's hard to critique, you know, like yep. they're playing heads up when most players play nine-handed. Yeah, now th there is a little bit of a trap that Charlie could possibly fall into if he goes anchor. Uh, and I don't think this is worth considering. Like, I don't think this justifies him going first. But I heard him like commenting when, uh, I think it was Nikita playing David. Um, she was like limping weak and raising strong. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, wow, this is like a huge exploit. Like we yeah, can take advantage. Exactly. I, I think what he's not, or what he's failing to recognize is David doesn't know sit and go ranges. So the reason she's limping weak and raising strong is because David only raises strong from the big blind. Sure. Or, or, or like non-polar, he raises linear, right? So he doesn't actually apply 
uh, a strategy that is going to put that into a tough spot. She can just pretty comfortably, you know, play as as she sees fit, and maybe that's also what led a little bit to the ten seven suited fold, right? It's like his uh, he's under three betting a bit, in spite of the fact that he kind of chooses random candidates like nine seven off, and mm -hmm. I think he had nine five of diamonds. That what's hand. interesting to me is why do they have to decide who's going to go first, second, third? Why not say, okay, you're going to go first. Let's see who yeah. wins the game, and then we'll put the best player versus the best right. player, right? right like, right. let's say, okay, we'll put Andy against Nikita if she wins. Like, it feels weird to be, oh, like we're gonna go first, second, third today. Like, if it's a team thing and the need to get through, maybe like there's good matchups, you know? Where mm -hmm. okay, maybe we can throw in Andy against Robin, you know? Maybe that's a good matchup. And if that doesn't go well, okay, then then Charlie can go in. Um, What's your opinion as far as like how people are playing the overall game itself as opposed to the poker? Like, do you think that there are some clear standouts that are? thinking much more about the larger game at play or do you think that everybody's kind of falling victim to just wanting to play their best poker and get the team through i think most people are trying to not let their team down rather than play their best poker necessarily mm -hmm. um i think Fido's playing the game pretty well like he chose the best team in uh in this draft yeah so that he saw that josh and maria had done very well as a team mm -hmm. in round one they were probably the strongest duo in round one i think yeah and Fido's like okay well i'll take them as a duo with me that's amazing yeah like i think that was very underrated i think when people were drafting their threes they should have tried to get people who've already worked together before because they already have a camaraderie they know how to work together and Fido was the only one who kind of noticed that every other team was like split up of different people yeah whereas like I think Fido's way of getting them together, who'd already been on a team and knew each other, I think that was very smart. Um, I think Fido played it perfectly. He went first. He went first in the one where you want to get the most coins. Then he sat back, was like, "Oh, I'll go third in the eliminations, which is the best thing for him and the team." Mm -hmm. He drafted the best. He probably played close to the best. Um, yeah, I think Fido's playing by far. I, I agree. I said that I thought his draft was the best, uh, not just because of the Maria-Josh dynamic, but he and Maria have a very good dynamic. And what you want are strong competitors that will put the team first. Maria right? did sweep. She did sweep, and that gets... I mean, it's it's both lucky and unlucky for Fader, but the point is, is like you effectively want that first match. You want them to defer to you as mm -hmm. the best player and allow you to go first, which is exactly what happened. Fader got put into the highest EV spot for coins. And it just happened to not work out where he didn't win his match and then Maria sweeps the second one so he doesn't get a chance to go again. But yeah. ultimately, he does find himself in round four because of it. Uh, and he was kind of gifted a fair amount of EV by being afforded to go first in that And in we have to say city. the same for Yo as well. Like, yeah. Yo's done exactly the same as Fido. Agreed. The draft, you can say whatever. Um, Jungle and Kaina probably isn't a great team. I feel like that's three di very different energies. Yeah. I can't imagine that team working very well <laughs> together. Kaina's trying to look at hands and Jungle was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, and just like, I don't imagine that... I couldn't imagine those three like going for dinner together, whereas I can imagine Josh, Maria, and Fido, you know? Yeah. I can imagine Nikita, Robin, and Olga, you know, like socializing. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jungle, Yo, and Kaina, uh, Yo hadn't picked the team. If, if you were Yo, who would you have drafted differently knowing that you're probably getting Kaina on the wraparound josh i feel like josh is a very good people's person and uh he would have josh would work well with kinda like josh is yep. very nice yeah, yeah, yeah. kind uh i think that's pretty sharp too because josh would have deferred to yo to go first it's crazy josh went second last and i would have chosen first so like there's de definitely a very big difference between yeah. between me what I, I and yo would have done in the in even in the very first round when coins matter yeah i would i would have went josh yeah yeah because josh. josh will also but you know you're gonna go third if you lose like, you know, in the elimination match, you're going to allow yourself to go third. 
Yeah, I would have chose Josh because also it's not about who's the best heads up sit and go player in the world. It's about who plays best against other people, right? right. So I think Josh would do fine against Maria. He kind of understands that. He would do fine against Olga, fine against Nikita, fine against Robin, yep. fine against everyone apart from, say, Fidel. You know, like, I think he would do fine. I would, I would be confident with Josh playing against any of them. Um, it's not like he's playing Linus Love in a heads up match, you know? Yeah. So like, I think he'd be very good for the team. He would also give good ideas. Like, he'd maybe, he's like a streetwise smart guy. He would be able to work out who should go when, what should we do? Oh my God, did you see this? Maybe he gets like a live read or whatever. And I think you'd also get the most out of Kaina. If you know you're going to get Kaina and you know Kaina's very nervous and, you know, says so she needs to drink the wine before she plays and whatever. I think Josh is the most common guy for Kaina. I agree and Kaina that. will perform her best because of Josh. So maybe Josh gets Kaina an extra like 2% ROI for every game, uh, which is a pretty big thing. You know? Do you think Fedor would have drafted jungle next if... No way. I agree. There's no way Fedor chooses jungle. It's, it's, see, we're on the same page. Like I yeah. thought jungle going in the first round even was like insane to me. Uh, it, it seems like they're overvaluing the, the skill set of heads up turbo sit and goes, I think. For sure. Uh, you know, his edge isn't that great and he's going to be so complicated if he does get into the finals. Like, he's a guy that you don't want to see at the final six. Well, if you think about the, with Kaina, right? Like, when he was speaking, when Kaina was speaking to him, he gave nothing back to her. Where if, if that's right. Josh, Josh is going to give five, yeah. five yeah, to yeah, ten yeah. things, which helps Kaina. Yep. So sure, Jungle maybe has like a, 53% edge in his game, but maybe Kaina then gets back 2% when she right. plays her game. You know, right, there's, right. there's a lot more factors in, in this whole team thing going on. Um, but yeah, I would have chose Josh and uh, then I guess I would have got, and I would have been happy to get Kaina too. Agreed. I think, uh, I think also, by the way, Yo was very nice of Kaina. I think yeah. he was, you know, I don't think he was like bad towards Kaina. I think Jungle obviously was, but I think Yo, Josh and Kaina would have been a good team. And I think Josh would also have, been smart enough to get like a good rapport with Yo as well. Um, so yeah, I would have chose Josh for sure. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that strategy. I, I feel like this second round of heads up really, I, I think we kind of felt it a little bit in the forehanded sit and goes, but it really shined through that there was only a couple people who understood that they were on a game show mm -hmm. and that they were playing for something much larger than the, the matches at hand. Who Yo. I think Yo, I think Fedor, Fido. but Fedor is very quiet about I it. I think Maria for sure. I think Maria too, and I for also sure. think she's very quiet about it. I think her and yeah. Fedor like really kept it under wraps that they were sharp to the bigger game at play. Yeah. Where like Yo, Charlie. Well, if you remember, Josh said to Maria, are we going to let Fido go first? And right. Maria's like, oh, I'm not sure. Then day two, Josh is not in the room. Maria's like, oh, I think I'm going to go first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like Maria wasn't like to Josh, oh yeah, we should make a big deal out of it. Right. Maria took in the information. She watched what was going on. She thought about it. She came back. She's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. And she knows Josh is like an equitable guy. He won the most coins well, in day one. The other, what would have happened in most of the circumstances is Josh and Maria would have flipped for who right, went first. Exactly. Uh, but Maria just went went quietly about it really smartly. Yeah. And I think she's I think Maria's playing the whole show the best. She's I agree. She's tanking the longest in every spot. She doesn't give a fuck about anything like that. She's I'm certain she slow rolled yo. Do you think it's worth her spending the coins though in these time bank spots? Um I guess we don't know what she's getting out of it. Maybe. Maybe because yeah. she, she's made she's made the perfect fold every time. No, I think so, yeah. I think so. And I think Charlie was given... Charlie, I think, has maybe said this since as well, but Charlie was given off so much to her in that game. I think Charlie underestimated Maria, like mm -hmm. being a live pro or whatever. Maria, I think, 
read into Charlie's body language really well. And she, I think she said something to Charlie like, okay, so like, tell me like, what could you be bluffing me with here? Yeah. And Charlie like said something. I think he said like, oh, maybe a nine. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. And Maria like really struck onto that. And then she put the coins in. Yeah. Um, I'm also certain that she, uh, I'm not certain. I don't want to sound like that, but I'm 98% sure that she meant to fold the queen and she didn't time out as well. I agree with because that Because her too. reaction, like if I time out of trips, in this kind of I would room. flip like, oh the fuck out. God, you yeah. know, like, I'm tilting out. I, stand I mean, up. jungle was. This happened with the jungle Fedor hand. We folded the, the three queens on the straight where Fedor bet. And then DW was talking to someone across yeah. the table. And jungle was like, can you not do that? Like, you're like mm -hmm. not happy about it. Yeah. Like, very angry. Maria yeah. might have she said just, like, to angry. She just like slide folded. Just yeah. She could she could have said to the dealer, could you warn me or something? She would, you would do something. Right. You would right, just, right, right, yeah, right. be like, damn, like, what, what fuck? Like, I just like, well, you would just put coins in anyways. You wouldn't just smile. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good read, I think. And it was a great fold too. Like, Charlie's not going to jam aces and kings there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, is he bluffing or not kind yeah. of thing. And uh, Charlie underestimates her thinking she will never fold a queen because like he d he's not given her enough credit in one, her live reads. Like he's going too far, like trying to do the, the stuff you would do to an amateur of live reads and to like the play, like the greedy jams. You yeah. Know? I think if Charlie played Maria <laughs> again, he would play completely different and he would give her a lot more credit. So yeah, Maria is like underrated by players who are good. That means she's playing the game well. She's doing well with coins. She's making the decisions well. That she's on the best team somehow. Like I think she's playing the game the best. Yeah, I thought David actually played the game really well. As also, in spite of the fact of kind of making himself a heel, um, I thought like him cross talking jungle in a big spot, whether it was intentional or not, is really good gamesmanship. Like I would have told Jungle to fuck off if he told me not to do that again. <laughs> it's like this sit and go is not. You know, we're not we're not playing for real money in this in this format. We're playing a bigger game at play. And me making you make a bad decision only benefits me. Yeah. So like I, I think but like, like that, how far do you go then? You know, like it, it, yeah. Sh should he be like doing star jumps in front of him, dancing like, like <laughs> I, I just think everything is like fair yeah. game. I think slow rolling is fair game. Mm -hmm. I think like all I love the, the things. Slow roll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think like all the etiquette things that we abide by in the real world because, you know, it's a gentleman's game and uh we are playing professionally and you have to appease certain people. I think all that goes out the window when yeah. the only person you have to please is yourself. Yeah, One more thing about Maria. She also realized that the dealer wasn't paying attention. She was um, she was C-betting 30K instead of 40K, big blind 40K. Do you think that was intentional? 100%. 100% so smart. Like you can, you can now like see that third pot instead of B40 or whatever. It's yeah. Like yeah. She's getting a better price. Yeah, yeah, the dealer's yeah. like, yeah, 30K and no one's realizing. Right. And right, she's right. like, next time I'll get 30K. Again. I did see, I, yeah, I did see the illegal bets coming through. I just didn't, uh, I guess I didn't put two and two together. That, that might actually shot, be She's like tanking. She's like really considerate Maria. Like yeah. Maria doesn't just like, Maria takes, max consideration into every single thing right everything like she's using mm. coins where no one would use coins she's making sure she doesn't make any mistake yeah she knows what the big blind is and what she can bet for sure that's fair yeah that, that yeah that is uh incredibly sharp um yeah i think that the only monkey wrench to all of this is that these guys do all know each other outside of the the gaming or, or the game show i guess and there is that aspect of like well we're going to continue to be peers outside of this venue so how cutthroat can we possibly be inside it's ironic because like i'm very much the opposite like i'm willing to give up cents on the dollar in ev uh to make the collective environment that i play in live better right mm -hmm. like i'm happy to take the worst of it now and again uh a kid to give you an example a kid called my all in the other day uh he four bet called off um for like 250 big blinds first board ran out like 10 high uh second board ran out jack high 
but double paired, like Jack Jack 994, something like that. I tabled Ace King. He looked like three or four times and then slid his hand into the muck. And no sooner did it touch the muck, he goes, Wait a second. Is that two pairs on the bottom? And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, Wait, I had Ace Queen high. And I was like, Okay. And he like tried to reach into the muck and find it. And he like found the queen and not the ace. I was like, Just give him a quarter of the pot. Like, I can't fathom what else went in for 250 big blinds like you know he's not a gambling kind of kid he's not going to show up there with king queen type of stuff so like whatever i'm, I'm giving queen, the benefit queen of the sounds kind of gambling to me it is <laughs> well, well not in these games pads <laughs> very standard get in especially against this face um but i was thinking uh, Baker's like oh guy got 250 big blinds in four bet called ace queen i was like wow these games are loose he's like oh this guy doesn't gamble i'm like what <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a different world these live streets man, oh, man. <laughs> i don't know how to explain it to you but like that that against Specifically against me, that's like a really standard stack off. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, the the whole point I'm trying to arrive at is like that's how I navigate my career. Like that's the way that I operate within the the framework of live poker. But when it comes to this game show, I feel like you get the opportunity to be the exact opposite. Like this is where you actually get to be an edge seeker. This is where you kind of get to chisel out every single little nuance because it's just worth it in the end. It's winner take all, you know? And the, the team element to me is very strange. I also, my biggest pet peeve on the whole show is when people ask for uh, chip counts. Like, I hate it. Of course, count your own stack. Count your own stack, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, every time. I yeah, hate yeah. it so much. What's your take on... Oh, it's so funny you say that because I was talking to Ewan about this and he literally said if he was playing in someone like Charlie and Charlie asked for a stack, he's like, dude, just count your, count your own yourself, bro. Yeah. 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 I'm like, why? But you Char can't do it's, it's subtraction. Not bad. It's not bad. For Charlie's doing it and Robin's counting out his stack differently every time. If he has strong hand a weekend it's kind of sharp of course you're gonna ask him every hand yeah like but it's just yeah what what is your take on uh you do math charlie's uh, i don't i don't want to frame it uh, by, the way, I, by the way i think charlie came off amazing in this episode oh i don't very i thought i know i saw all over twitter people hated it i thought he was very high morale like he was very positive it, like it just felt it felt so forced i don't i know i think he realized it's an elimination match like he he needed david to win this game he like his his uh, show depends on these guys. I think, yeah. I don't think it was false. I thought he gen was genuine. Like he was on the couch with his knees up. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I think part, maybe it's just because like we see the whole perspective play out in a very short time frame as opposed mm -hmm. to how long it actually took. But I think like the, the thing that is in the back of my mind is like, oh, well you put your team in this spot. Yeah. You chose to go first. Charlie mm -hmm. should have been third, but like last episode, I didn't like Charlie's show because he should have went third, gone first, wasn't good, I don't think. But uh, this episode, I think he realized, okay, we're in it. I need these guys. Like, let's get them morale high. Yeah, he was like, I don't think Andy's high fived anyone as much in his life. Like, that that part's very true. Yeah, well, well, the, and shoes. that's the thing. We're 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 <laughs> Charlie cross leg shoes off, nipples out, full sofa to himself. <laughs> yeah, we're basically debating like whether or not it was genuine, and that probably doesn't matter, right? Like, if Andy felt it as being genuine, that's all that really truly matters. So your point is is pretty valid there. What what do you make of uh, how invested in live reads Charlie is, and uh, like how much he projects that the majority of the decisions he makes are based off of like something that he picks up off of somebody he's watched play 12 hands. So I remember playing with Charlie. Um, I was playing, it was like a high roller, maybe 25k or 10k. It was only four people who were there. It was me, Ben Heath, Charlie, and someone else. And uh, it was like hand one. And I hadn't looked at my hand yet. And Charlie had said to Ben, he was like, did you see, did you see? And I was like, what? It was like, as if like he got like a live read on me. But, right. But I hadn't even looked at my hand yet. So I realized that like, <laughs> I realized that a lot of he does is to, 
it's it's very much in Charlie's favor for him for everyone to think that he has all of these amazing live reads because mm -hmm. people will play very differently against him. I know? said this on our last episode when we were talking about this. I said that uh, the psychological edge that these four people specifically gain from promoting themselves as live read guys, Charlie, Chance, Foxen, and uh, Chidwick. It's way bigger, for sure. Like, it's way bigger to have everyone thinking you have a live read than to actually have a few reads. I went right. so far as to say, I don't think any of them have picked up on a single live read in the last five years. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> obviously, but like, I, I think the psychological edge is the bigger point. Right. I they definitely will have reads. Um, I think Chance and Foxen have more like vibes. Sure. Like, they have like a feeling like a yeah this guy feels weak or feels strong more so i think they definitely are very good at that i think charlie's biggest thing is that everyone's scared to play against him because they think he has these like magic you know juju reads i think yeah. nikita and these people had said in the reads oh i don't want to play against charlie post right don't talk to don't him don't talk to him don't yeah, like, yeah. everyone's getting too invested in it you know? exactly um Whereas, you know, like, he folded the jack against Olga, you know? Like, right. it's not like all his reads have just been right. If you see all the showdowns, then I'm not sure it would be able to check out. Of course he will, if anyone spends all their time thinking about certain things, they're going to be good at it, you know? So he's going to have live reads. I'm just not sure it's to the extent. Yeah, I, People I, are going to be much more, like, concerned about how they act and how they operate, where they might, like, they might create a live read out of it. Yeah, right? you, they, cre you, you create another data point for them to think about, and it scrambles the system. Or like, they yeah, shuffle and, chips, and, like, if I shuffle mm -hmm. chips this way, he might catch on, and then, like, right. they fumble yeah. or something. Like, something's like, oh, it might be, uh, you know, you're in a spot where it's just a, a pure bluff, yeah. right? See, and, and then you and you don't take it because you're like, he's going he's gonna to read 100%. me. So you right. just pass on it, where yeah. it's just pure, and you're like, it happens in massive mistake. Yeah, it happens in tournaments, too, with, like, you don't want to free bet ch chance because he thinks you're light or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think that. And then again, sometimes chance on the main like cards of coverage like three bets the fucking like jack three off and just gets full from bottom. Well, so. I, I I said the chance. I said the chance. Chance like, oh, I know in your week I'm gonna free bet you. I was like, okay, cool. Well, if you know, if I open weak and you free bet me, I'm just gonna fall bet them because you know I'm weak and I'm weak. So if you've got life on me, <laughs> you're weak too. Then I know you're weak too. So I'm gonna yeah. fall bet. Yeah. But what if he five bets? And chance is like, oh, that's pretty smart. What if he knows you're weak and then he five bets oh, you? You have to. You have to. You have to, you have to, you have to be all in. Sometimes you just have, have to be all in with the Robbie yeah. man. You know? it's, uh, it's just chicken just, at one point, right? The, exactly. the person to put the last bet in wins. But, but when I've got like queens and he free bets, being like, fucking, hell, he knows I'm strong. You know, like, what's he got? Right now, you have to cock to be four bet. He's only gonna get an aces. Yeah, so you have to play kind of reverse against chance if if he's that good, you know. <laughs> like Charlie, it was actually interesting. <laughs> what a game. When Olga blew the kiss at Charlie, did you see this in the last episode? Yeah. He actually like, really broke out of character. He had jacks against tens, and he was like, he laughed, and then he had this like very stern face if you watch it back. Like, he I wanted to like, this, yes. look mean again kind of thing. <laughs> like, it was, it was very interesting how she got him out of character. I'm sure no one's ever blown a kiss to Charlie before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the I was saying this too, like if, uh, like if they stare at you for long enough, like you wink at them, you just like... Yeah, to give mm -hmm. something. So if, if Charlie is, if you're playing a poly against Charlie in the future, just blow kisses to him. See, we have a read on him. Yeah, let's make if this. If he stands up, he's strong. Yeah, <laughs> let's make this the thing for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that you, uh, you kind of put it in a very interesting way that it, it frames it out correctly. Where uh, I, I don't want to take anything away from these guys. Like I do think Chance and Foxen are pretty good at picking up on the meta. I don't know Charlie quite as well, um, especially like if he's as as uh you know dialed in as he claims i would expect him to be playing way more fucking live poker you know you're not you're not making these juju reads online 
Um, but <laughs> I, I do think that it's more of like what you speak to because I can resonate with that. Like having played 20 years, like I have a certain spidey sense in a lot of spots, but I'm not going to be able to articulate it to you all that well. Mm. You know, I've had some reliable tells throughout the years where it's like, oh, if this guy does this, it generally does mean weakness or strength. Like the fake tell or the, the fake smile was always one that you could kind of generate out of people. Those, those have like passed. People, people learned about them. They got a little bit better. They understood the psychology. But there was always that intimidation factor that went a long way. When you're staring them down at the river, they are kind of like under the pressure of knowing that you're looking for certain things. And you're right. People pulled less triggers. Mm. I think that that's ultimately like the biggest takeaway from all of this. Um, but man, what's your face? You see the stern look after so good, yeah. The ice really great. The but don't you think, Char I think Charlie's like strategy stuff in the back room's actually been really good. You know, like I think he's super been, sharp. There's been too much emphasis on he's looking for live reads. He's like, oh, I got this on you. I've got this tell on you. But really like he says good stuff most of the time. I almost wonder if he does that intentionally to like throw off. Like he seems to really brand himself as the anti-solver guy, right? But like he's pretty theoretically sound. It seems like he has a good framework for the way that he thinks. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just like almost this contrarian branding where it's like, I'm going to go against the grain in spite of the fact of kind of conforming to exactly the same strategies. Yeah, Charlie plays very, Charlie will play very similar to lots of people, like most of Solver players. He just will be more like custom sizing, you know? Like, yeah. That's just gonna be the most thing. Like, yeah, he's gonna do what his hand wants to do against amateurs, which is what you should do. Like Charlie, Charlie plays good. I think the live, he, he brands himself as this live tell kind of guy. I'm not sure it's even, it's even great for him. I think he's very like solid poker player and I, I can't comment on the live tells because he doesn't tell us what they are. We can't see them or whatever. Right, but right. I think Charlie's like, backroom analysis has been the best in the show so far like most of the time when Fido says like someone's going to do x or y he gets it wrong a lot of the time because he's used to playing against like Chidwick and Ike and whoever he's like oh like you have to bet the turn here or she's going to bet the turn but then they don't mm -hmm. whereas like Josh knows what these people are going to do he's like oh yeah like they have mid pair they're going to check or whatever yeah. you know yeah, like, yeah I think like Josh and Charlie also knows like kind of what people are up to you know whereas I think Fido is more if this game show is all like high stakes regs I think Fido would have like a better success rate of knowing what people were going to do. Agreed. Whereas Charlie probably wouldn't, I don't think. You know, yeah. he'd probably get it wrong more, more often than. Um, so yeah, I think Charlie's been the most impressive in terms of his like backroom analysis. What um, do you think the best version of the show is? All high stakes regs, all amateurs, some mix of the, the two? I th People want to see, um, I think the more amateurs there are, the more people that needs to be on the table. I think if you have like a qualifier against Fido heads up, they're just going to not do well because they don't know heads up either, you know? Right. Like if you have somebody who plays in the wind, just like randomly like 2-5 or whatever, and they qualify in, they don't even really want to be playing heads up either. They probably want to be playing like six-handed or whatever. They want to hide, yeah. Yeah, they want to hide. I think the less people are on the table, the more high-stakes players you want to see. You want mm -hmm. to see more battles like Linus against Fido or Charlie against Yo, whatever it may be, Chance against Fox and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you have qualifiers and amateurs, you want it to be more like round one where it's six-handed or not so much poker stuff like uh indian poker or whatever you yeah know, that kind of thing i think so it's like trivia questions yeah <laughs> like or more like elimination like more mm -hmm. like kevin martin style kind of like alliances all of that kind of vibe or like uh, you know maybe forcing them to play a game of among us or or something along sure. those lines right like sure where the strategies kind of carry over but we're not forced to watch this slow game kind of yeah, play you, out you over get many episodes. you get chips for a sit and go based on like a different thing yeah have you ever played among us no, but I played werewolves. It's very similar. It is very similar, yeah. but it, well, it'd be fun. Kinda, it'd be fun to play Among <laughs> Us with Matt. What's what's the big difference between werewolves and 
Well, Among like, the us. difference is, like, it's online, and, like, you have to go to, like, do voice chat. You can't, like, look at people, and, like, people are, like, screaming at you. It's okay, just... but the actual structure of the game is The structure is of the game is the relatively same. the same, right? There's two imposters. There's, like, some crewmates, and then you have to... The imposters have to kill off all the crewmates, right. and sometimes you sacrifice yourself as an imposter to keep your other friend alive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of strategies. Strategies, yeah, similar. It could be very fun. It'd be, honestly, it is really fun to play these kind of games, like, with poker players. But the more mm -hmm. poker it is, the more we want to see high-stakes players, I think. Agreed. Yeah, like, is it fun to see, like not kind of like, like anyone make a mistake like it's not that fun like if it's 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 shitty for them too yeah that's what i'm saying because the whole internet is ablaze yeah. about like folding top pair or you know not feeling comfortable with ace queen facing yeah. a shove and yeah. these are such yes they're errors but like there's so many other ancillary factors uh, within the framework of the game show that mm -hmm. are that are playing into this right like i i assume the 10 7 of diamonds fold in real time is just like I think he under three bets, and I'm very scared to take a marginal hand post flop when he has me out chip two to one. Hands is too good, though. right? It's no, of course it's too good, but it's like, do you yeah. want your tour? Do you want the whole show to end on you <laughs> making what feels like a loose call? It was you know? so small too. Yeah, it was so small. Yeah, but also at the same time, I don't think it'd be that interesting to see like uh, two high stakes players playing Perfectly. heads up for no money just right. for coins. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, right. who's re who really gives a fuck? I, I think there should be like amateurs and qualifiers and celebrities and it should just not be as poker. It should be like a TV show, you know? I, I mean? said that I, I would flip the structure on its head where the only poker that you play is just for elimination. So you do like systems of challenges or whatever that are basically non-poker related. They can be poker adjacent, whatever they have strategy involved. But, you know, ultimately it comes down to like immunity, votes, all this other stuff. And then eventually you have two people who are up for elimination mm -hmm. and they have to, you know, battle it out. Yeah, it's like you don't want to play poker. Correct. If, you, if you're playing poker, that means you got you voted somewhere. in to right. be eliminated or some, some form of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but then like the people that are good at poker have an edge. They're gonna have right. to on this game at some right. point. Yeah. But, I just but mean some, like the heads up environment versus like the collective right. environment. It's still or, right, but the people that spot. understand the, the game uh, within the game have an edge too because they keep themselves you know, out of that. Right. You can also vote accordingly, right? Yeah, right? You can vote two strong players down mm -hmm. to play each other heads up so that yeah. you soften the field. You know what would be kind of cool? You know, a sacrificial lamb. Or you have four people get put up for elimination and it's a sit and go, and the first person that busts is out. They're eliminated. That's, That'd be interesting. That's, no, it's not. That's the worst so. TV on earth. Really? You just created a satellite. Everyone's incentivized to just fold, fold. Oh, yeah. that's true. Great, yeah. but, then, yeah. but what if everyone keeps folding? Then it doesn't sound very fun TV then, to me. Yeah, they just fold, they're just forced fold, to be fold, all fold, in. They're just forced so? all in and you flip. You, just yeah. do, you basically just created a satellite that results in a cold hand. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Well, you just only edit the cold hand, obviously. <laughs> or it could just be, dude, just be a cold hand. Yeah, you just wait for the cold hand. It's it genius. Be, all right. Yeah. Landon's fired. You'd have, yeah, you'd have right. to start with like five big blinds. You're not part of the uh, production crew. Yeah, Landon just created yeah. a scenario where the challenge is who can stall the best. <laughs> imagine, no, no stalling. imagine creating that game. It's, it's hands per level. Oh, man. I, I can't do you it. You just edit it out. It's genius. You're, it's not genius. You're fired. You're not on the production staff. But what uh, does someone do with aces after oh, back call? Jam. Fold. 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 See, he's out. Yeah, yeah. Of course I'm out, man. I don't play satellites for a reason. If two guys are all in and... I would vote uh, you first. Aces fold. Put on the island. Yeah, great. You're going to exploit my poor satellite play. Congratulations. Get me the fuck out of here. Pads, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate this uh, high-level breakdown of Game of Gold. It's been a pleasure. Uh, this has been so much fun to watch. I'm excited to see where the last two episodes take us. Good luck at the WPT. I will see you there once the main... 
starts to roll out. But I, I, I who's gonna win? Who's your prediction to win for the main? Yeah, bro, how? Just how, like throw name out there. How can you, Charlie Carroll? No, he's not. <laughs> he's, 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 not allowed, he's not allowed in the U.S. Really? Just mm-hmm. that's T. Go on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I just know he's not. Oh mm-hmm. wow. I don't know. Uh, Kevin <laughs> the, Martin, the tortoise. Just say the tortoise. You know it's gonna. It's be not me. gonna be the tortoise. What? I'm sorry, it's just not. <laughs> I mean, I'll Who, take. Who's gonna I'll win the main fifth. pads? Brock Wilson. Okay, Brock is a strong choice. Well, maybe Cherish. One of the two. Okay. <laughs> Cherish. Yeah. Okay. I I like uh I like guys that can navigate the big. It's probably just gonna be Ben. You Wing. have to navigate or dominate. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a this is for sure a Joe McKeon Ben Win. Ben Ben Win. He's the hundred percent kind of feel. He's gonna be at the final table with the chip lead at some point. Yeah. Jesse Lonis is there. Ben sure. Win six bet shove six five offsuits in the sixteen hundred final table. Yep. Yeah. Just said what. <laughs> Just, just literally said whoops. I like him. He busted me too. He's good. I like him. He's good vibes. Uh, he's, he's a fun dude. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us. I am headed to the Bellagio to play a little bit of cash. You guys are headed to the win, I assume. I'm gonna go lift. Uh, Landon's headed to the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, La is headed to the jewel. No, I'm actually gonna go to the win. And okay. Before we, you know, get out of here, we gotta tell people. I was that about it to is, do that. All right. You sound like you're. Gonna, you well, know, I just want to make sure the Le managers being the Le manager. I get it. Uh, today's the final day for our Black Friday sale. <laughs> the final if you day. guys <laughs> are interested in a year subscription to SolferWide, head over to SolferWide.io. Use code Black Friday twenty three. We'll be back Monday. I believe it'll be at noon Pacific. Uh, tentatively just gonna matter if i'm playing or not but we're gonna have another game of gold wrap up and uh discuss everything that happens on the weekends including a steward win all right get us out of here thank you guys so much we'll see you all monday peace peace